to get with the programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolverine. And we are getting set for our 12th, not second. I keep screwing up. Dang. <laughs> I keep screwing I saw up. That and I was like, wait, man, we have so many uh, different numbers going on. We're at second, first series, first epi- second episode, second of the 12th. One of Take the, the factorial of the, like, wait, dude. 12, I was like, right? I was like, hey, you know, I posted this on Instagram. I was like, coming up next. And then Bill's like, <laughs> you got the episode time. wrong. <laughs> Dumbass. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but this is episode 12 of our first series, Analyzing the CrossFit Games, and the year is 2018. And I, I just, it's it's fun to go back because, I mean, we you remember what it was, but until you really like look back and and see what it was, I mean, this was a, a unique year. More unique than I'd really thought it was going to be when I looked back on it. But then when I looked at the details, I was like, oh, this is this is different. This is a different year. I thought it was I, I thought it was honestly like I enjoyed it the most. And I think that this was the year that Dave got the most, I don't want to say creative, but the tests were definitely Yes. They were they were off center which is good because I like that Dave does that anyway. Yep. But it wasn't like, yeah. it, again, he walked that line of of test versus is it too showy or is it testing the right stuff? And, it, I, dude, I was stoked. Yes. This year, yes. Like, I, I, I think this is – we say this all the way through, and it's, you know, this is the best year. There's a lot of really good events or whatever. I, I think this was the year that everything – came together and if like from our end it was the games yeah came but together, you mean the events everything came together right. the broadcast came together the fans came together yes we had our feet wet we were already comfortable we had a year in at madison mm-hmm. like now it was like oh shit it's on 2018 and was a special year it was the best year and and exactly yeah. to what you're saying across the board yeah everything I can, I can remember, and you know, we'll save some of these. Well, actually, we'll save most. We're gonna save all of our memories <laughs> for the for the rush moment. So we got to make sure this stays within the programming lines as will. best it as will. we can. But I just remember, I think we, you know, whenever you were broadcasting, I would usually just stand behind you guys and listen the whole time. And by yeah. you, I mean you and Sean and Tanya, because I'd like to watch the individuals. And we had pretty much the best seats in the house. Uh, we had our own little space where we would broadcast from and just watching the events. And it's cool to listen to you guys talk and watch what's going on and sit next to some of the other guys and just enjoy the sport because I usually um, did teams and I, I did teams this year again with uh, Jeff Brightwell. So I get to watch the individuals. And I just remember we were leaving the stands. Maybe maybe it was the outdoor arena and just we, were, we had to go to the indoor Coliseum. Yeah. And we I think one time we just stopped in the middle of it and just looked at all of these people and I was like, dude. Yeah. We not to say like we made it, but I was like, this this is a completely different vibe than any year. And you're right. It was the programming, the the broadcast. I mean, we're like just live everything. on CBS and like two different channels were carrying our sh- yeah. our the event and the the fans were at an all time investment. Yeah. It I was, mean, they uh, were all everyone, and not that CrossFitters haven't always been that way. They've right. always been all in, which oh, is yeah. which is all so in. great. But it it 
it didn't look like the CrossFit Games. It looked like you were at the Super Bowl. Like it yes. looked like that. That that grandiose. That I mean, mega fans, super um, festival, just everything. I mean, but the, you know, going to the events, even like I just everything was so spot mm -hmm. on, and that's what made it so weird. I mean, as as this games was closing, right? Like it wasn't even done yet. All of a sudden, that's when things started. You saw like, boom, there went one block fell. Boom, there went another block fell. Like things within the CrossFit realm, uh -huh. CrossFit Games, the sport of CrossFit, CrossFit HQ, all that. It was like we came all the way up to this precipice of like ev everything is firing on all cylinders. And then yeah. all of a sudden. Right. And then that next switch. year, and yeah. everything just fell. And it was amazing to see how how weird, how it went from so perfect the highest so high. weird yeah you're right so fast from the exactly because when we were leaving Crazy. it was like you know we're just like hey see you next year because <laughs> yeah. with our media team is like we don't usually see each other we, we would off uh off season because we had we would broadcast some other events like dubai or wadapalooza yeah. or granite games and um we're like all right see you guys next year or see at regionals or see at the open announcements hopefully you know whichever ones we get funneled into and yeah. that was our time to bond together as, as a group and we're talking specifically like the MCs, the broadcasters the 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 broadcast crew the crew the, that brings the crew it to like the, the the producers the directors yeah. the cameramen like everybody was just like we we're this like one tight-knit group but we only got to collect together as a whole unit once a year and that was across the games and you're right it was tough because we were at the it felt like we were right we were ready to to just like pull the lid off this thing there wasn't one person in that group and I'm talking people like the producers and, and the directors, the people that have done every major event in sports ever Olympics, Super Bowls, yeah, World Series, everything they've done. It they wrong. were like, that was the best show. That was the best production. That was best. Everything yeah. all the way down. And a lot of that is like, I mean, sometimes there are events that are, that come up that Dave makes that are he's testing. And even though he's, he has gotten a lot better at making a test that will have the element of visualization so you can see the race. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any event that didn't have yes. the appropriate way for you to right. be able to tell what's going on. It's visually stimulating. It's visually correct, but it tests correctly also. Yeah. Right. I mean, everything. That's, it's, that's what was so amazing about this year. And I remember, I remember walking away thinking, it was the best thing ever. Like yeah, it, so everyone cool. said that was the best event. Yeah. So but there you go. There we go. Um, before we and get, there it was. yeah. So now what we'll do is we are going to analyze the programming because from what we saw as fans, what we enjoyed as individuals is one thing. And usually it's very subjective to the individual. Um, and what we'll do is we'll look at the program for 2018 cross the games. But before we do that, we talked about the fans, Bill, Yes. Our programmatrons went batshit crazy this weekend because we, we released our exclusive programmatron episode of how we would reprogram stage one of the CrossFit Games using the equipment list and Dave's format of events. Yeah. But we could pick any type of makeup, any type of event we want, as long as it filed into that format. 
And what we did was we did a little teaser for our, our regular listeners and saved the meat and potatoes for our Patreons. And what we've been hoping to do when we started this was get to 50 Patreons or Programmatrons if you guys are a patron of the show. Yep. And once we got to 50, we were going to start selecting a random Programmatron every single week and give them a free full month of programming. So to become a Programmatron, you just go to patreon.com backslash get with the programming. And for $6 a month, you're in the runnings for a free month of programming. Oh, we also give you one free workout every single week between Mil- yeah. Bill and I. Well, Bill, I said we we're at 37. We we're 13 away on Friday. We are at 57. Dude. We are at 57. Dude. We cracked the 50 marker. So, Programmatrons, get ready because we are going to pick one of you guys starting next week yeah. and give you a full free month of programming and every week after that we're going to give it to you guys so you guys want to become a programmatron get on this program train along with us six dollars a month go to get with the get with the programming on patreon.com and again you're going to get four free workouts a month so for basically a dollar fifty we're going to give you a workout a week (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to be super in depth we already posted bills up and we'll post a video we'll explain the workout we'll talk about the stimulus the scales the modifications why we did that how this what type of um real a challenge is this supposed to be and then if you guys have questions for us you just message us back it's like hey i can't do this we had uh we had one um one lady was hey i can't do muscle-ups i actually work out in my garage what should I do? I have some dumbbells. And, you know, I just responded, I was like, hey, instead of muscle-ups, just do like a, a hang, clean, and push jerk with your dumbbells in yeah. lieu of the muscle-up. And, that, you know, that was just on the fly. And, and that's what we're here for you guys. We are here for you guys as much as you guys are here for us. We're going to do the best to earn that membership that you guys are along with us. But we're at 57, so we hit Dude, the 50 awesome. mark. Now let's see what else we can do because the sky's the limit with this thing, and we are just so pumped to have you guys on this ride with us. So thank you very much. And um, before we get into this, I did a I did an Instagram live video of my Oh, did I you saw watch it? it. Trying to call me out. I saw it. Whatever, bro. You oh, Bill out. doesn't like that I do this. Bill here. doesn't like Boys my bub routine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did a little, I just showed a little good morning and welcome to my day for uh, on our Instagram page, get with underscore the programming. And you know, I was just getting my bub ready to come to the gym and just Say hi to everybody and let you know that we got an episode coming out later today. Um, but the what I wanted to talk about today is, you know, as things start to open up, we might start to travel a little bit more. And when we travel, it's really hard to travel with like a bag of bubs and a uh, a, a I don't tub. Think of, people would really like that all that much. Tu- a tub a of bubs, powder, and, tub of powder, tub of bub. <laughs> what I love with uh, my supplements, but especially with bubs, is they actually have single serving packets that you can travel with. And I'm all about the single life. Well, uh, the single serving life. (laughs) I am happily married with two kids. I did not hear that. Single serving life. (laughs) Let me rephrase that. I'm uh, probably going to get in trouble for that, but uh, you can, uh, they have single servings uh, available. So you just, you know, you grab your MCT oil, single serving packet, grab, you know, if you're a four day work trip, Grab eight of them just in case. <laughs> Get your little protein single servings and you can do this on the road um, just like you would at home. So that that is one cool little thing that I actually really like um, that they offer is the those single serving packets. Yeah, those things are awesome. Those things are awesome. And again, like they they blend so easy. It I mean, 
we're obviously the coffee people for the morning and we throw our stuff in there, but you can really throw that stuff into anything, which is really, really cool. Yeah. And it just blends super fast. And if you got that blender, I'm telling you, man, you know it's, what I, it's uh, like, it's like a mini, me, it's like a mini buzz saw. I'm telling you. Well, so one of our, um, our followers, <laughs> he's like, it's, or uh, she had told me, she's like, it's actually called a frother. Okay. But I mean, right. I don't know. We were just making it up. And there's like, actually, it's I called, mean, I, uh, called a frother. I was like, well, it does get a little frothy. It does I, froth. I believe you're correct. Froth itself up. Yeah. So we'll call it a frother. That's a kind of an interesting word to say. Frother. Father. I don't know. I still have to go with more of a buzzsaw. It just sounds cooler. Buzz, I mean, if you want to call it a bill, you can call it, you call it whatever frother. you want. Yes, could I get my father, <laughs> please? <laughs> All right, we have talked enough about not what you guys are here to listen to, so let's get into the programming. So did the 2018 CrossFit Games. Now, the previous year, it was Thursday to Sunday. This year, they go back to the format of Wednesday, rest day on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And after you look at the first day of programming, you realize why they put a day in between. In fact, I feel like they should have done, you know, Sunday night, take a week off, and then start back up on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday after what they went through on day number one. And the first event was the most unique, maybe monostructural test we have seen up into this date. I mean, it wasn't groundbreaking, but it was like, oh, we're going to, okay, we're going to do this. This is, uh, this is going to be interesting, and it's called the crit. And what the crit was is they busted out some road bikes. And they strapped these athletes with clip-on shoes, put yeah. some helmets on them, and they did a, what was it, 10-lap, 1,200-meter course bike race. Yeah. And, you know, when you take a bunch of CrossFitters and do that, that's a lot different than putting a bunch of professionals out there because it's not like this was just an out-and-back out course. This was loops. There was a... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what, what turn to call this, but there was the there's a dangerous turn in there that uh, a few souls got a little trapped on. And I, I have a story about that that might make my rush moments on the next episode dealing with Pat Vellner and Brandon Luckett. <laughs> and the truth yep. is going to come out, Bill. The oh. truth will come out because I was right there and I watched that shit go down. Well, I, what I think was I, I liked the event. I thought it was super cool. I, I really liked it, too. I really thought it was better to have this or more appropriate to have this than the cycle cross the year before. And the reason okay. I say that is because like, like in our discussion, we talked about it last week. Um, you said everyone's ridden a bike bill. It's a fine test. It, you know, it's you know, a couple flicks of the finger and you're up, you're down in a couple gears and, and which is totally true. I, I don't disagree with that. So yeah. now what we did is we took off, all of the elements of I have to get off my bike. I got to, you know, figure out how I'm going to ride through sand. Everyone's ridden a bike. Right. So everyone's cruising on these now. Maybe they don't have the, I mean, the the big difference between someone like Adrian Moonweiler, who has done a ton of bike racing. Right. Um, he definitely had some skills, but you could see that everyone was able to pull. It's like they've all seen tour de france they all know that like okay you can ride in packs okay you can draft and it wasn't like the the skill set wasn't out of the realm of any of these athletes so now there was a race and i really 
liked how it was. I liked how it was set up. Yeah, um, me too. I, I just thought it was. I think it was more. It was a more appropriate test than the crit or than the uh, than the cycle cross, just okay. because we were able to take some of those elements, those variables out, and it's something that the majority of them are 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 comfortable with. Yeah, and now you can have your race. And dude, there were some good good races yes. and that that turn you were talking about they call that an off-camera turn <laughs> it's actually banked the wrong direction <clears throat> so it's tight it's a hairpin but it's also off camera so you you go to lean into it and it's almost like an extra lean because yeah. that bank is dumping the wrong way it's not like a nascar where it kind of goes up and right. turns that way so that that can yeah, cause it's a down mess up a lot turn. of people right. yeah and it did. And then you got you really got to navigate those turns. So you would see a lot of that. But what I really liked was the finish. I mean, the athletes were really, really close, but the finish on the men and the women's side, basically up at the top. The men's were a little bit different. You know, right. take the 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 top, you know, I think three spots out. But you had not that a much group of nine athletes, yes, all within a five second time frame. Yeah. So that meant that here's a 10 lap race that has an exciting race the entire time mm -hmm. and you could see them jostling around I, I just thought it was a really it was a fun race it, was it really, really was fun. it was one of those um i'm not gonna say one was better or worse in my mind looking at the cyclocross i just you know, i mean that's just my the way of you yeah. but i i i enjoyed this one a lot more yeah in terms of viewership um in terms of test the test was the test. It's, it, they were just different tests to me um but i i was surprised actually by how much i enjoyed this yeah, it was one of those like, OK, I was like, OK, I can see that. That's a that's a good test. It's just, you know, it's, every once in a while there's an event there is like, look, we just got to test this. OK, just get over it. We yeah. got to test this. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed it a lot more um, than I thought I would have. And, I you know, I do have a cycle in that. I mean, I do have a cycling background, per se, I guess you could say. But for triathlon. Yeah, yeah for triathlon. So I know how to ride a bike yeah. Yeah. and I know how to race a bike. But that was uh, that was really enjoyable to watch. And you're right. Adrian Munweiler looked like he crushed everybody but when you look at the leaderboards like it was only a three second difference and it was crazy <laughs> no. how tight it was but he just, he just looked in control the whole time like if anybody looked like they knew what they were doing guys like guys can still race right it's like looking at two people swimming you can look at someone who knows and looks like they know how to swim and still race the person who looks like they're trying not to drown yet they're still keeping up with them right <laughs> That's kind of the difference between the two. I agree. I agree. Um, but Moonweiler wins the crit, which is a fantastic finish all the way through. And then Kristen Halta yeah. wins that. But, I mean, you're right. 20 minutes for Halta, 01, Horvath, 0107, I should say. David's daughter, 0103. Shadburn, 0165, 27. Like, it was so tight. So, so what a tight. what a cool way to start the, the day off. And then, you know, it's just a, a nice, long, monostructural test. And we move from there to event number two, which was 30 ring muscle-ups for time. And I remember, what was this? In our meetings. <laughs> this isn't a story. I just remember they, they did it. They did <laughs> it. Uh, they used, they, they hang the rings off the Zeus rig. Yeah. Right? And the Zeus rig is, I think, 30 feet high or, or maybe 20. It's massive. It's maybe it's 20. I want to say 20. We'll say 20 feet high. Well, they hang rings from that thing. Like, and you're looking at straps that are 10 to 12 feet long. And if you think about straps, is the, the 
the the big thing was like everyone's like who's going to do this unbroken that was the question that was the big question for everybody coming in who was going to do it on on unbroken and my i was the fastest person and the only person to answer i said no one not a single person is going to do this unbroken because the straps are too long that was the only reason there's probably six or seven guys that could do it unbroken coming in that were not going to do it unbroken that day and everyone wanted to argue with me and I was right. So great. They tried. Yeah, they tried. They wanted. They wanted to get them unbroken. I understand they did. They wanted to get that. Like but I, think I told that you, they wouldn't. Whether they, whether they could right. or they couldn't, I like the fact that. <laughs> oh, I like that they tried. I like the fact that they did it. Well, one, it, this is classic. This is classic CrossFit. It, it's a, and this is this is what I would have thought. We would have thought would have been more like in the phase one. Here is your. Yeah, race. that would have been cool. 30 for time or an unbroken yeah, like a thousand meter row get or whatever 30 muscles for time handstand. yeah i think that's a great idea because i'm always amazed at 30 ring muscles for time still isn't a named workout seriously how is that not a named benchmark workout i don't know yet? it's been around as long as fran has i don't know right <laughs> you know because that is definitely um, one of those that we've always that's always been a huge test especially when you start to learn muscle ups like What's your thirty for time? What's your Fran time? What's your one K row? Like those right are there, totally. those are all it's little right benchmark in that realm. Yeah. So I thought it was so cool, so to have awesome that to watch be, too. Yeah, I mean, there's what's awesome about that is the the way that it tests is you don't have a lot of time to really go. Okay, I'm gonna break this up into sets of ten. Right. Let me come down, right. shake my arms out. The wing, the ring's going to be swing. They got those long straps. You now have to, if you're going to come off, you can't fling the rings out of your hand mm -hmm. and have them going all over the place because then you waste another 10, 15 seconds trying to control the rings, all that. So now it's, you're going to ride, you're going to ride right up to that line and then hopefully either get that extra one or fail that one. Come down, shake it out real fast and hop up. But you like, you really, the, 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 stress of that race because it's fast it's really fast there's no room you don't for have error. time zero room for error no you don't like you can't which was no so rep, exciting a no rep in this particular event oh hugely costly devastating the amount of energy that goes into that the amount of time it took to do that you instantly can go from like first place to fifth place bam one rep mm -hmm. and i just thought it was I love the test. I love that it was put in there. And I was more impressed with the results of some of the athletes that we saw, like Laura Horvath in this one. Yes. What the hell is she taking third? <laughs> what the Lauren's hell like, is oh, she doing she, taking third in this event? She sucks at handstand pushes. Like, yeah, but it, it's different, man. No, no, I know that. But this was like, she <laughs> no, that's was what a, people you know, were thinking. A, that's what I was thinking. This is a rookie, you know, her rookie year in the games. I mean, we've seen her, we've seen her compete. We saw her in Dubai. We saw her in the regionals. We saw what she can do. She, uh -huh. I mean, she's a, she was a badass. Yes. But she's also not a smaller athlete like Christy Aramo or Tia Claire or any of those athletes. Right, I mean, right. she, Camille. Her, her history is rock climbing. That's her background. So she, so she has that pooling, that pooling strength. Mm -hmm. But still, like the fact that she was right up in there like that was, that was just very impressive. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Dang, that that's was very rad. Impressive. Yeah. Um, so Love on the, the it was, yeah, it was really fun to watch. And I think it was really fun because everyone has some context with it as well. They can watch yep. that, understand how amazing it is, understand the, 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 the pace of the race as it unfolds. Logan Collins wins on the men's side. 
I think he what went like twenty eight and two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, going for it, I, I'm not sure if he took an actual break on purpose. There's a couple guys that tried it and missed it and had like two or three left on the women's side. Christy Aramo, she'll win for the women for the thirty muscle ups for time, and we're still going because we moved from the monostructural test with the crit to the gymnastics test with the ring muscle ups, and we go to the strength test of CrossFit total and with crossfit total it's a one rep max what do they start with do they start with back squat i think they started with back squat strict press and then the and deadlift. then finished with the deadlift yep um and the time frame what was the time frame i can't remember how long they had um i'll pull it up here i'll pull it up here um say i want to say they had 12 minute total. So it's four minutes, three four attempts minutes at per? each lift. Oh. So the way they did, they did a, a, a touch different. I did three attempts at each lift only, four minute window to do it. Dang. So you had to get aggressive Dang. quickly. Yeah. Three attempts? You had to get aggressive quickly. Oh. Whoa. So 12 minute cap to do all of that. That makes it even more impressive. I didn't know it was that limited. I didn't know they had a yeah. rep limit. I knew they had a time limit, but dang. Well, that was a. Uh, it was impressive to see the weight these guys. I just remember Pat Vellner's deadlift. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, totally. I, Where did that blew, come from? He blew me away in this one. I mean, I don't look at Pat and think like strong man. No, you think gritty guy, gymnastics guy. Gritty gymnastics guy. Not, not brute strength not, guy. Not <laughs> I'm going to only be beat by five pounds in the CrossFit total at the CrossFit Games and come in second. To a gorilla meat stick known as Royce Dunn. When you look at him, <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay, I could see you like, winning this entire shit, event. <laughs> it's like you didn't get past 20 at the rest of the weekend, but you won CrossFit total. I bet Dude. I can tell you exactly what that guy looks like. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So Royce Dunn wins the CrossFit total. And on the women's side, it was... Where is it? Here you are. Tia Toomey. Jeez. And that was that, that her deadlift where this was the year where you're like, oh, it's like, oh, she finally won. Cause Tia comes off her first win at the cross the games after getting second two years in a row, just two points ahead of Cara Saunders. And then she comes out and you're like, what happened to you? You, you've changed confidence. The confidence was through the just like your, like the way she carried herself. Yep. And, uh, yeah, the, the confidence when the event, the celebratory wins and finishes oh, is like, man. oh, okay. Yeah, her, her, her uh, screams of victory. Yes. Rival Josh Bridges, mm-hmm. Matt Fraser's, like, all, like her, her celebration after a, an event like that. I mean, she's right up there with the rest of the Warriors. It's just yeah. unreal. And it was a completely different Tia. It was like, oh, this is Tia the champ. That's right. right. She came out and that just smashed people. Unbelievable. So we, we look at those people. first three events. You're like, okay, we got a cool little single modality test. You're right, we hit all of our bases. Day one, I was like, oh, this is fun. He's like, yeah, we did our nice, long, 20-plus minute monostructural endeavor on the bike. And then we did this very short blast furnace gymnastics test. Okay, it's like, all right, we checked all the boxes. Then we had this three movement heavy lifting test, which I liked because it wasn't just one movement that someone could be good at. You got to be good at a squat. You got to be good at a push and you got to be good at a pull. I was like, that's a good first day. And then Dave's like, wait a second, guys. It's not over. 
Remember that yeah. time where we rode a half marathon and everyone was like, good God, I was dying. That was the hardest aerobic endeavor I've ever done in my life. Dave's like, hey, how about we row a full marathon? <laughs> and I was like, never have I actually said to Dave to his face except this time. And I was like, dude, you are such a dick. Like, <laughs> this is the biggest dick move you've ever done in your history of dick moves is to have him go through this whole entire day and then one massive group start doing marathon row. And that was the first time where I saw an, uh, an endurance event go by and I went, I don't want to do that because I love the endurance tests. Yeah. But when that happened and I saw like the aftermath or what people were experiencing during, I was like, there's no part of me that wants to do this. And that always bothered me. <laughs> you, you don't want to sit on a rower and pee yourself? Well, repeatedly? Yeah. no, I don't. I, especially in front of a group <laughs> of people. <laughs> um, but uh, last year I did a, a challenge with a, a bunch of friends from CrossFit and it was row a million meters in 2019. Mm. And when you did the daily total, it's like somewhere around two to 3,000 meters a day if you never miss a day. You're like, oh, I could do that. You're like, yeah, but don't miss a day. Yeah. And then if you missed a week because, like, you got sick, it, it, it was extremely hard. It was hard to commit to that something for a year because, say, you, like, I would hop on the road. I'm like, I got in, in 15,000 meters today because I put a movie on at the gym and um, I got it in. But I was like, that's all it was. <laughs> Just yeah. to drop in the bucket, we're talking about 1 million meters of rowing. And then come December, I was like, you know what? This has been bothering me for two years that I've been too much of a pussy to do this marathon row. There is no better time in my life that I'll be more prepared to do that. So when December 1 happened, I stopped rowing. And I stopped at the number, what is it, 42,000? 42, yeah, yeah 42,195 meters left to go. And then on like Saturday morning, December 30th, I got to the gym at four o'clock in the morning, put on the Mandalorian <laughs> from the Disney <laughs> and, and rode my marathon by myself in the dark. And I, I got it accomplished. So I finally shook that demon off of my shoulders last year. This was... It was really funny because they, they were talking about like, well, this is going to be boring. Right. And, you know, you know, we had to, we had to broadcast it. So mm -hmm. we were, we broadcasted the whole, the whole thing. We, we, they would bring us in, bring us out, whatever. But I mean, we, we need to come in what every 20 it, minutes or so, 20, 30 yeah, minutes. Something like that. I'll tell you what it was for a bunch of athletes, just sitting down, going yeah. back and forth. It still had some pretty cool excitement to it because there was a lot of stuff to watch yeah it was really interesting watching you know like if they if they go if they were to go on a long run somewhere you wouldn't really see all the things that the athletes are individually going through but in this particular event you got to see every single thing up close because they couldn't go anywhere right you could see okay who's who's starting to like move to one side of the hip or brent, <laughs> you know brent yeah brent Pikowski, like grabbing the grabbing the handle different or the funniest stuff and i think it was um it was the funniest meme someone around steph chung farted and oh, you see her yes, row and then all yes. of a sudden she kind of gets that whip snap in her face <laughs> like, like yes. ew ew what was that you know <laughs> who was that the athletes that the athletes that are because you can't go to the bathroom like 
you have to go to the bathroom I mean, during. You could go. So all you could leave. Athletes, like Ben <laughs> Smith, he'd stand up and all of this just piss was like coming off his body. Um, the strategies that were happening between like Brent and Pat. Well, they had about, pace like, hey, boats, are you guys right? going to chase Cole? Are you guys, I mean, like actual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Conversations, those conversations at during. The end. Yeah. So you really got to see, it was almost like you got to see inside the athlete's head mm-hmm. as they were doing this really long event. And I think that that was really interesting. I mean, yes, it was a, it fell into the monostructural. Yes, it fell into the, you know, to the endurance and the stamina. And I think that it's fun to be able to show, even though the crit was a, 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 a good endurance test. I mean, you have that, the, but the pacing was different. I mean, and obviously the longer the, the time frame goes out, the lower the intensity is going to go. Um, but this was a really cool test. Yeah. To be able to do it because we really don't have tests like that that last hours. That's just brutal. You know, it's yeah, it's insane. I mean, like uh, Alison uh, Pacelli. Yeah, what's she having? Dude, like bro, stomach cramps or something? Down during that. Yeah, just a cramp she was getting. You could see the pain she was in. Um, it was really, really interesting. I, I think the test itself was great, all that, but it was really interesting to watch inside everyone's head yeah. outside. That was cool. Man, that was brutal. Mean. It was a mean test, but it yeah. was it was cool. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an inappropriate test. It was just nasty. No. So Lucas Well, that was that was one of the things that they would always say. It's like, okay, we well, crossfitters are good at the short endurance, 20 minutes. Ooh. Right. Like so our endurance our endurance workouts is like if it's anything 20 minutes or more, crossfitters is like, oh my God, this is so long. I was like, all right, yeah. well, Dave's like, no, let me show you what long is. Yeah. No, this is long. Let me give you long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lucas Esslinger, he wins. Here's the crazy part. You rode 42,000 meters, and you got first by just 40 seconds over Lucas Hoberg. Yep. Like, how, how of a minuscule pace difference is that? It's not even, it's not even a second difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Esslinger wins. Marco Alvarez, she wins. A time of three hours and 42 seconds. She looks so good. She looked – I mean, when it was over, she's like, thanks, guys. She did a little, like, <laughs> single-hand clap wave. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was fun. I remember getting off the rower after I did it last year and looked at my time. I was like, oh, I would have got 20th on the women's side. Cool. (laughs) They crushed me. That was amazing. All right. So that ended day number one. Four events in one single day. I think arguably now. People talked about 2009 probably being the toughest single day competition. And maybe for the, I would say that's probably still stands when you look at the the test that it was in 2009 with the athletes of who they were in 2009. The first day of competition 2009, I think still reigns as the hardest tests for a single day. Um, but this arguably could is right up there with it. Well, you could definitely say this would be the longest day. This is for sure doubt. the longest and, day. And yeah. the, uh, it was interesting how much visual damage was done to the athletes as they got off that rower. But what I think was cool about the row was they were hurting then, like right mm-hmm. when they got off. Right. But I talked to a lot of the athletes the next day, and they're like, uh, I'm okay. I hurt really bad right after. But I'm but I'm okay today. Tim Paulson and, yes. and Com Porter and all those guys are like, I thought I was going to be ruined, and I feel okay. So I think it was because you look at the totality was, of the it, day. It was appropriate to make it that long and that difficult. I I wouldn't say it's the most difficult first day. I still no. think 2009 was more difficult. Yes, 
Um, the marathon road changes it though. Like that. Oh was, yeah, a hundred percent. But he like, okay, I rode on a bike. Like, oh, okay. I did 30 muscles for time bleh, and I did a max squat. It's like, so when you really look at it, right. it really wasn't right. that hard. It was just long. It was just long. Of yeah, you're right. It was, yeah. it, I mean, it was tension, like man. What, 10 a.m. to how late did it go? Oh. It went late. Yeah. Like late. We were like 8 or 8, 39 yeah. that night. That was a like long that. day. You're right. I would say, yeah, definitely the longest first day, but I think 2009 day one is still reigns as the hardest day of competition. Especially when you, again, compare it to the athletes in the time in which they were doing it. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's not a bad day. I was like, no, no, no. This was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> the, the athletes have changed a little bit. Okay, so we come back Friday morning to the battleground. This was super cool because we had the obstacle course last year. Basically, what they did is they took the obstacle course, put it where the crit race was on, the, like, the back hill, throw some vests on these guys like, hey – Let's run the O course, but let's run the O course with a vest mm -hmm. and drag this little dummy <laughs> around for a little bit. Yeah, I thought the, really the way cool. it was put together was, I mean, again, all, all of a sudden, this is where like the programming stuff got really, really cool. This wasn't something that these athletes have done in their home gym to be able to prepare themselves to come here. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they've all dragged sleds and stuff like that, but now you have a dummy, a rescue dummy, rescue Randy dummy that like, rescue you know, Randy. military uses, fire uses, cops use, whatever. Um, how heavy is and it? They didn't even tell you how to do it. How heavy is it? They just said, pull them. Um, I want to say it was a hundred and I want to say the one that they had was like a hundred for the guys. One like it, it wasn't that heavy. Yeah. But when, when you, you can, I'll let you talk to this a, a little bit that people don't understand is like, Oh, what's the big deal about 150 is like, no, it's like a 150 lifeless body. Like a dummy lifeless body weighs like three times heavier than what like a sled pull at 150 would be. Totally. And yeah. He was wearing a weight vest. I think it was like one, I think it was like 150 and like plus the vest twenty-five or something like that. Cause they put vests um, on Randy's and it's, too. It's not, it's just awkward. It's an awkward 150 pounds, like 150 pounds does not sound Right. Heavy. And the, the thing about those rescue Randy's, they had the vest on them. So there's a pull cord that you could rip out of the back oh, of yes. the vest so you could get that um, and drag that. And it was what I thought was interesting about that particular test was, you know, we always talk about how CrossFitters are, are supposed to adapt. And that's kind of yes. that hidden that hidden skill or hidden event within the event. The athletic adaptation. Adaptation. And everybody started and within the first 20 meters, you could see athletes' heads whipping around to see, like, okay, that was kind of weird. What's everyone else doing? Who's out in front? Right. And, and what are they I'm doing? I'm going to do what they're doing right. now, whatever whatever it ends up being. So if they, you know, they grab under the arms and they're kind of doing, like, a back pedal or whatever. Um, the only one that didn't do that was Cole Sager. And he basically picked the thing up by the collar with <laughs> one hand and sled dogged it. Just yep. grabbed and went. And he really was the only one that did that. And he was so fast on that drag. Um, I just mm -hmm. thought it was really cool. I thought it was a great, a great start and finish to do that. But yes. I really like the obstacle course, how they expanded it yeah, so, and really uh, what, put the test to those guys. What was, so basically they, they dragged the dummy like across, a, the, field. across the football field, did two rope ropes. climbs. Yep. 
and then ran maybe a quarter mile to the obstacle yeah, course. Yeah, I think it was like 400 meters, maybe 300 meters, somewhere around there. Now, what was the, the course. obstacle course? What were the, the implements in there? I can't remember the exact well, order. Well, uh, and again, if you if you haven't seen your or you don't know your CrossFit history or your CrossFit well, meme there is no history. documentary this year. So. The best one ever because Matt Fraser <laughs> fell off the <laughs> cargo net. The cargo net was the very first of, yes. uh, very first thing, I think. Pat Vellner also fell off the net. And there was there was a meme that was set up was with uh, the Duck. movie The Sniper. Fluffy Duck did this. Yeah, Fl did Fluffy do it? The best one he's ever done. Ever. If that was hit, if that was hit, that was the best. I can't remember if that was, was him or not. But that was, was the timing on that was perfect because you see – you see in the meme the sniper taking aim, and also boom, there goes Matt Fraser falling off the net again, and then there goes Pat Vellner falling from oh, the top. Oh man, I've never cried so hard from uh, laughing than I did watching that from Fluffy Duck. That was that over. Was good. I watched it over and over, over and, and over, over and over again. Oh my gosh, I, I'm gonna ask him if he can put it back up just yeah. so everyone can see it because it was so good. Yeah, we'll hit him up after this. But anyway, there was that. There was um, some log steps you had to do, uh -huh. like uh, uh, like mushrooms. Was there a wall? Pops, you kind of go. Uh, there wasn't a wall. There was ropes that you had to cross. Oh, the like the um, there was ropes. the monkey bars you had to go across. Yes. Um. I think like a bounce beam type of a deal, okay. uh, an angled bounce beam that you had to do. That's right. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it was just wrinkles in the fabric, really. Just wrinkles. Yeah. It wasn't enough to, except for that cargo neither, net. <laughs> and none of those, except for the cargo net. Cargo net almost really killed Matt Fraser and Pat, Pat Vellner. Yeah, totally. But uh, it was just enough to, it, that was very uh, similar to like, the Spartan races and yes. those kind of things where you have the run, then you have an, 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 a, a, an obstacle, right. not a super difficult one, but an no. obstacle and you yeah. kind of make your way through it. Um, and then after that, you make your way back. And there was a really like, they, there was a really good race between Lucas Hogberg and Cole Sager. And those guys were jostling coming out of Cole Sager, the, man. Uh, he gets so physical out there. Yeah. Like <laughs> they kind so of started great. throwing elbows and shoulders I love a little it. bit. It was really cool. I love it. Um, just, just to, just that aggressiveness. And I, you know, this is it's a longer race, and these guys are still getting that physical, trying to get in. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the world championship, man. It's the games. I I thought it was awesome. It was, uh, such but a I cool really event. liked the event. And then they came back, they did the rope climbs, and then again that that uh that pull on the way back. Yeah, with the rescue doll or with the rescue doll, the rescue Rescues. dummy, rescue Randy. Yeah, I I, I like the event. I thought it was really really cool. Oh, a lot of adaptation so cool. on that one. So cool. That that. Uh... <laughs> That might go into my. I, I will submit that for the the top thirty two. Oh, that will definitely be in there. I think I think most of the guys that we're going to do that with are going to pick it. Um, so you, you just said Cole Sager wins, and on the women's side, Laura Horvath demolished, yep. demolished this over thirty yep. seconds ahead of second place Kristen Holta. Kristen Holta is having herself a, a weekend so far. So we go from that to we go. Back to the Coliseum. We went to the Coliseum for the the row, but now we go back for our very first big time event in the Coliseum, and it was a clean and jerk speed ladder. And of all the strength speed tests, we, we've had the clean ladder, we had the snatch ladder, we had the clean pyramid. Um, the previous year, we didn't really have a speed ladder. We had we had the clean and the clean ladder with the bar muscle ups, but it wasn't right for time and it was really heavy but this one it was 
one rep at each bar with a clean and jerk. And in the, that setting in the Coliseum was one of the loudest CrossFit events I had ever witnessed. And yeah, I remember it was, standing it was literally next like to watching um, a drag race. I remember standing next loud. to Rob Orlando. And, you know, if you guys don't know Rob Orlando, he's he's the original CrossFit strongman, and he yeah. loves the lifting events. And he's just sitting there with this big shit-eating grin on his face the whole time. <laughs> he's like, you see, these are the events that people want to watch. Not that <laughs> obstacle course bullshit. <laughs> but I tell you what, if you just went off fan reaction and total decibel volume, that event was unbelievably loud. Yeah, they, they made it so much more fun to watch that place. And literally blew the roof off that place. And we had some of the best reactions because that's when because you're like, oh, clean and jerks, Fraser, right? And and some of the other big boys like uh, pff, Lucas and uh, Royce and um, gosh, I'm forgetting the guy who just won. Nick, Nick, yeah, you know. And when you you got to see Fraser got spit out the back of like two yeah. cleans in a row. And the crowd's like, yeah, oh, oh. yeah, oh, <laughs> like the, the, just, it was so cool to just, you could hear the energy and the emotion with the oohs and ahs and jeers and cheers through it. That was, uh, and it, again, it was so cool to not have to broadcast that because I could just sit back there and just soak it up. It was so yeah. much fun to watch. No, man, it was the best. And it was fun. It was fun to call it because there was so much excitement as you're going. I mean, the races were were awesome. And again, like we 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 go from the first round being for the guys, well, for the guys and the girls, 245, 155 up to 275, 175, or 275, 175. And then mm -hmm. that final round goes from 315, 205 to 345, 225. So I mean, like it's heavy. Heavy. It's heavy. Especially at that speed yeah that, that's what's so that's what's so incredible and this is classic crossfit large loads long distances quickly i mean maybe we don't have the the, lar the long distances on this one but that's heavy weight that you're moving fast and it makes it exciting like this is where they made a big deal about you you are not allowed to go around the bar there's oh, too many bars on yeah. the floor. you have to go over the top so there's always that who did that screw big bounce of the bar and they have to jump up over it so there's a lot i mean there's just a lot of activity yes explosive activity whether they're lifting or jumping and running to the next one it was just awesome i think the that rule got no olsen oh it totally did because what he did was he cleaned his bar walked to get chalk because he was and off to the side to and then walk to the next bar. So he right. didn't skip, like he couldn't go around the bar, right? So he didn't skip the bar on purpose. And if this wasn't a moment in time where everyone was racing, right? The yeah. first round, it's like clean and jerk, dive over your bar, try not to eat shit, run to the next bar, right? right? But the last <laughs> round, or at least the second to last round, is like clean, jerk, walk over, walk. You could even chalk. Um, it, it was just a matter of like starting a little bit faster than everybody and not missing. Right. And so... Right. What Noah did was he got one, walked to the right where the chalk bucket was, got some chalk, and then walked to the next bar, not trying to go around the bar for speed. There was no advantage. In fact, the dude went to get chalk. He was at a disadvantage right. in terms of time. <laughs> but the rule stated that if you did that, you were docked. There was like a, some type of time penalty. Yeah. they. they I mean, so they that, that, that ended up hurting Noah. So that, that sucked because, I mean, this is the time where like Noah's – getting close and he'd have all these heartbreaking moments or these like mental flubs and you're just like, no, what?
damn it, get your <laughs> shit together, well, son. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, when we say that, we say that all the time. Like that's kind of we say that he's known for that. Yes. But where has he finished every single year? And that's the like, thing. Just off the just podium off every the podium. single year. And if you didn't do so you that. you can't really say that he's mentally like flubbed anything. No, like, but the point is, the is like, yet, exactly. You know? He's like, but you could have made the podium if you didn't. Oh, no, I know. That's no, the I point. know. I get, I get that part. But it's just, uh, yeah. it's, it's, again, he's he sits in that eclipse area. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, Noah messed it up again. He was fourth. Right, you know? I know what you're saying, but it was like <laughs> you're you're so close to the really important stuff. Um, yeah. So so that was the I think that was a cool way to break in the Coliseum for real. Not not the marathon row was just brutal. This was a this was like we're we're lighting the uh, the candlestick opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so Nick Urankar comes out and wins the Klingerick Speed Ladder for the men, and on the women's side you have Amanda Barnhart. Yeah. And that will be her first, this is her first games and her first games win to when everybody was like, who is this? Because when you saw her running through it and finishing, you're like, this girl looks so, like, she just looked different. And like, she was just, she was, she looked tall. She was strong. She was, she moved so well, effortlessly. Yeah. The way she moved through that bar. And she, I mean, she was good at a lot of other things as well. So, like, that was really a first time we're like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. And I really like this, really sets that strength battle up between her and Tia, you know, that we see going into like the next year as well, where they, they get to the, the clean and it's these two, these two ladies just battling. And yeah, she, ugh, so cool to watch her to go on this event. That was, so, that was really so fun. strong. So strong. Uh, we stay in the, so, for the next event, we stay in the Coliseum, and we have a repeat event from the previous year. And what it is is the Fibonacci final. And a lot of times, not a lot of times, but often, there will be some type of event that gets a lot of chatter. Most times when it gets a lot of chatter, it's a lot of negative chatter. For example, Murph at the CrossFit Games. Like, no, that shouldn't have been programmed. So what Dave does is, like, he goes out and programs it again the next year. Uh, the pegboard was too hard. Dave's like, fine, I'll program it again, and I'll make it harder. Um, and then the Fibonacci final, this was the final event of last year's CrossFit Games where one man finished, and it was yeah. Logan Collins. <laughs> Logan Collins. That was almost to the finish, but he didn't. And, and like, a bunch of women did because the rep teams are, are different. And what the Fibonacci final is is 5-8-13, uh, parallel handstand push-ups, double kettlebell deadlifts. Uh, was it two hundred four and one fifty? Yeah. Uh, in each hand, and then an overhead walking lunge with fifty-three and thirty-five pounds. But the women's reps for the handstand push-ups were less. Um, I, I what were they like? Two four eight or something. I can't remember what they something were. Something like that. Yeah. They were a lot less. So, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, this is a terrible here. final because <laughs> one dude, <laughs> one yeah. man finishes it." And nobody else was even close except for Matt Fraser. And then more than half of the women's field didn't finish. So there was a lot of poo-pooing on is like, that was a bad test. This is nobody finished. And Dan was like, we're bringing it back. <laughs> because you guys didn't like it. And I feel like everyone should have done better what they did than how they did. And so he brought it back for the, the final event of Friday night. And you're like, all right, how has everybody improved? You're like, well... One guy finished in 2017. Four guys finished four. in 2018. 
<laughs> still hard. <laughs> still really hard. <laughs> but you know, but still, like I don't think because the test because an event isn't finished doesn't mean it's not a good test. No, I'm just I just found it funny. No, no, it it is it is funny, and I I I think that uh you know here we are we're analyzing program does because this event because the mass majority of the group did not finish this event does that mean it's a bad test no. and just like the pegboard i don't think that it's a bad test in fact the the elements of this particular event were not things that these athletes should not be correct good at correct so i like poo poo or no poo poo unpoo poo <laughs> um, i think it's actually I, I a, great it's test. a great event i'd like i like the way it's set up i i i mean i think that it's that you know that deficit handstand push-up that's demanding and mm -hmm. i like to see these this level of athlete pushed especially on gymnastics stuff like this like it's nothing flashy it's like okay handstand push-up parallel go. i mean well that's what well, parallel def, you know yeah the parallel well, handstand push-ups all you know, that there, how they're gonna difference. do it i mean you know we'll, we'll see people instagram their stuff you know when they're doing on boxes and they do like right, a right. 18 inch deficit handstand push-up yeah. So that's cool, but here's the event. Now we get to see, are you able to do that? What do you have with that? Can you maneuver these weird things? Yeah. And it was nothing you've done abnormal. it before. Right. These aren't things that you, like, you can't use any excuse of, I have never done it. It's weird. It's awkward. It's whatever. It's like, no, here's the race. Right. I but agree I with just, you. Like, the, and the time frame is short. That's okay. Well, and that's the, that's, the, that's the deal, too, is like only four guys of the 40 finished and half of the women finished it's like okay yeah. was it a bad test no was it a tight time cap yes <laughs> okay you know you extend well, that time you cap you, well you extend that time cap two minutes and then you have a race across the board right and i think dave said this recently um i think on the latest episode he did with talking elite fitness where they're talking about stage one and you know all these events are sub three is like listen the best people yes were but the average times were here he's like and a lot yep. of times when we test this different things happen and what he said and what was the issue was um he i think he had Juli julian alcarez test his oh, event yeah, and right. he totally smashed it so he's like all right i'll yeah. add two to three minutes to your time and that'll be the time cap well apparently julian alcarez is a the best in the world handstand push-up <laughs> kettlebell deathly death <laughs> deadlifting machine um, right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it also depends on the person you get to take the test and, and test the event. So was it a bad <laughs> event? No. Was it a, uh, I thought it was a really cool event. It was really exciting. And the way it would finish, like when you finish with an overhead walking lunge, hopefully everybody is together and it's really exciting. Like we saw on the women's side in 2017. Yeah. This is just a product of the dude that tested it, absolutely crushed it. And the guys that were doing it, maybe the time cap dictated that less people finish so that that i think that was one of those where the time cap really kind of screwed up the uh the test a little bit didn't didn't, didn't take a, nah, because, let me okay, let me let me change those words it, you finished? didn't screw up the test but didn't allow the test to unfold the way it should have right it wasn't a bad test the time cap just limited the completeness of it yeah but i mean it's still i don't think that just because you had people that didn't go across the finish line doesn't mean that it didn't get tested. I, I agree. I think more of you a, know, that, I'm looking at more of a spectator. Spectator-wise, right? yeah, I can see that. So um, people didn't enjoy as, the test yes. because they didn't get to see the test completed. That's what I'm saying. Right. Uh, right? That, that makes right? sense. I can see that. Okay. That I wasn't saying it was a bad test in terms of the way we look at programming, but watching it, 
Yeah. Like, yeah, this sucked. Nobody finished. <laughs> right? That, I think there's no arguing that point. It's like I just yeah. watched a bunch of people struggle and not finish the event, and that was kind of boring. However, the test, when you just look at the numbers and the, and the way it tested the athletes, fine. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, they still got on. They still were doing some lunges. Just not everyone got all the way across the floor. That's all. Yeah, well, you know. not very many. Not, not everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, where where these, you know, cap, cap plus one, cap plus two, cap plus four. Yeah. That doesn't mean that everyone was still on handstand push Yes, that's true. You know what I mean? Like sure. everyone got to where they're going to be doing that. They just didn't get very far down the floor. Yeah. All right. So that closes out day two. This, so this is Friday night. We move into Saturday. And this is the first time we've had a swim yeah. event, not yeah. as the first event of the CrossFit Games. And I thought that was really cool because, like, you know, it's like the very first event of the CrossFit Games is always this weird aerobic endurance test, and it usually involves swimming. Now you're midway through the competition – Let's see how good you are at some type of endurance swimming event, not completely fresh from the yeah, weekend. I, th I thought it was great because everyone, you started to, if you're a games athlete, or even if you were just people on Instagram trying to figure out what it was going to be, you already kind of knew what the outline for the the days of competition would be. You know that, oh, it's the first day. We're going to have a swim of some right. sort. Anyway, so you're kind of getting ready. You kind of mentally get ready for that. So the fact that it, the swim wasn't on the first day and we put it in the middle, it's not a big deal, but no. it's a wrinkle. And all of these athletes, a lot of these athletes are very, I mean, they sleep on the certain side of the bed, they put <laughs> the shoes on a certain way. Like everything has to be in yes. order mentally for them to be okay. So I like that it was tossed in the middle. I did Let's too. see what you do now when you're not fresh. So, I mean, it's one, it's just enough of a tweak, just a little tweak. That's all. It doesn't yeah. have to be a massive one, but a little one. I, I think right. it was cool to put it in there. That would be like life changing modifications and twists. But Saturday morning started with the Madison Triplus or Triplus? Triplus? Triplus. Triplus. 500 meter swim, 1,000 meter paddle, and then a 2,000 meter run back to the stadium. So they use the lake that's about a mile and a half or so away from the stadium that's where they did the run swim run and they started there paddled around there and then ran back to the stadium and finished in that outdoor soccer field and it was just a nice long aerobic test again we've actually had three of these so far i would say so this yeah. is the most um long aerobic test we've seen at the crossfit games ever yep. and tia toomey no surprise really the year before the run swim run, it was Christy Ermo, followed by Tia Tumi. This year, it was Tia Tumi, followed by Christy Ermo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the only the only thing with that was the the paddling. I yes, mean, just, you, oh, that's true. You get true. the Aussies out there on a paddleboard. Yep, they're gonna crush, and they did. And then on so, the on the men's side, speaking of Aussies, Dean Litter yep. Linder Layton. Yep. He wins at 26-37 with Brent Fakowski, who won the run-swim run the previous year. He gets second, um, just 15 seconds behind him. And we move from there to talking about a wrinkle. One of the coolest concepts, and I'm, I'm really happy the way I think they pulled it off, was chaos. And what chaos was, it was an unknown event. So the athletes, it was basically a chipper, and athletes didn't even know if it was a chipper. 
of they they were sequestered. All the men were brought out at one time. All the women were brought out afterwards at another time. And basically what they did was they walked onto the floor and Dave just went three, two, one, go. go. <laughs> and what the judge did was he goes, stop where you are. See this ski erg. Ski until I tell you to stop. They weren't told the rep. So it wasn't, well, we'll tell you what it is. We'll tell you it is before we start. But the athletes didn't know. It was a 35, 30 cal ski erg, 30 to 25 burpees to a target, uh, single arm over at squats, 40 reps, 40 pistols. 25 box jump overs at 42 and 36. Now, that is a that high, was, high, high box. <laughs> and then this 110-foot tumbler pull, which was basically like a miniature snail from 2016 with straps on it, and he just pulled it the other yeah. direction. It was so badass. But what they did was, was exactly how we started it. They didn't know what any movements were out there. They didn't know how many they did, and they didn't know how many they were doing within the set. So it's not like, you know, Bill walks up and he's like, hey, you have 50 cows. Like, cool. I know exactly how to pace 50 cows in the skier. Or if they told you 20, I was like, got to change my pace. It was go until I tell you to stop. And he only knew you were there when the judge put his hands in the air and would tell you it had five reps left to go. And then you would walk forward and you just kind of look at your judge with your hands up in the air. You're like, where do I go next? What is next? And then, then they'll tell you. And yeah. the funniest part of all of this was... When you came off the skier, it was burpees to a bar, but it was really just a, a big tape strap. strap across the rig that nobody saw. <laughs> so people <laughs> would come off the skier and they saw the dumbbell that was on the other side of the Zeus rig. So they start running the dumbbell and the judge's like, all right, stop. <laughs> Burpee to this target until I tell you to stop. And this is the first time in CrossFit Games history where it paid to be a tall guy. Oh, dude. When ah, you saw, not the first time. Not the, not first, the first time, time, but the first time where you could laugh about it. <laughs> because it was, yeah. it was Brett Fikowski versus Matt Fraser. And Fikowski would do a burpee and just stand up and touch with his hands. And Brett, uh, Matt Fraser would do a burpee and do like a max vertical and try to hit the strap. <laughs> <laughs> That and they was were really right cool. Next to, they were absolutely side by right side. Next to each other. Like the gods had it to where we could watch and just enjoy the the benefits of being a tall guy. Yeah. For one of the very few times at the CrossFit Games. Oh man, that was funny. So I I absolutely loved what the event was. Now, even even the way it was programmed, I think it was cool. I think it was a great uh, first shot at this yes um what the athletes were doing on the fly is they would kind of look to see where everyone else was if someone moved up ahead you kind of knew if you were going to be done and i think they 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 realized that there was a pace so you once you got past the first two you kind of realized okay we're gonna mm -hmm. we're kind of staying in the same vein i wish they would have had a heavier weight in there i wish they would have had a different set of reps, not all basically the same one. Like make make one be five reps, make one be oh, thirty reps, not make like one a be heavy, make one be something else. Set. Yeah, so you can't fall into you can't fall into a rhythm. There was a pace. Um, you didn't know how many you did, but when you look at it on paper, you're like, okay, this is all the same pace. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay, and I mean, and, and I mean, and they didn't know, so they had no idea. Right. Um. In in with this, I think as a first attempt, 
Like, I, I would love to see this event again, not this same event, but the same style where it's chaos too. And you don't really know, but now, now you know that like, okay, you might not know what's coming up. Yeah. And you're really not going to know. It's not going to be, you know, find this exact same thing all the way down. I, I, I thought it was awesome how it was. It, it played out great. It was fun to watch. I think it was a great test because it didn't allow the athletes to know how fast to go. They had to basically think, all right, I'm going to go 75, 80% until I know where the end is until mm -hmm. they tell me when it's done. Like I, if this, if this is going to be the last thing I'm going to go, I, I see the finish line is up there and I just have to pull this thing across. Like, okay, now I know that I can put whatever I have left into that. Um, it was, it was interesting to yeah. watch. I think it was a really interesting test. I loved it. No, I, I, so did I. I thought it was great. I thought it was, I thought it was cool great. concept. It, it was executed well. Um, a lot Which of times you worry the about door for a lot mm, of really cool other yes. ideas down the way. You worry about like athletes getting information before they get it. But since it was like all the women went and I think they, they tweaked some of the rep schemes differently for the men yeah. and women. So it, there was some little tweaks in there between the two, so you still couldn't get a good um, understanding of what was coming. So that that was fun. That was that was a cool, unique test, and again, testing the on-the-fly adaptability of athletes. So Pat Vellner wins chaos, and again, one of those gritty athletes that kind of can just take what's ever given to him and do the best he can. And Katrin David's daughter wins chaos well, by dog, dude. over dog. 30 almost at 23 seconds over yeah. chris and oh Volta. dude i just thought of a way okay you know how like they did remember when they did double grace yeah and it was ruined because everyone was starting to tell everyone yeah, what it was yeah. going to be the sequester thing that they need to do now is they need to get and they could probably get like i don't know 511 tactical gear or something like that to give them the shooting headset that the, the oh. earphones so you have to walk out onto oh. the floor with those on. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what anybody says. So what the judge would do is they do three, two, one, and then they'll pull the things off your head. Got it. Then you really don't That's know until idea. you're in it. Yeah. Well, you know, this is pretty cool. This is the year they could do it again and perfect it. Yeah. Just one run one mass heat. Five women, five men, and Oh, totally. Jeez, oh man. You right? be the this is the perfect year to perfect do something year. like that. All right, yeah. so chaos was cool. Uh, Vellner, David's daughter. Then we moved back to the Coliseum, and I forgot that the fans had a vote in this. Oh, I remembered. I forgot about yeah. it. And so you had bicouplet yeah. one and bicouplet two. And what it was was um, bicouplet one was 21-15-9, snatches and chest bar pull-ups, 85 and 55. Um, you could do anything you want. Most opted for like a power snatch or muscle snatch. And the bicuplet two was 12.96 power snatches and bar muscle ups at 135 and 85. But what the fans could do is because this was a back to back event, is they voted the order. Yeah. And I thought they were very nice to the athletes. Well, I guess it depends oh. on what you, how you look at it. Yeah. I. And so they could choose the order. The fans ended up choosing bicuplet two first, followed by bicuplet one. I really think it makes. It makes for a way more exciting this way finish. Yeah. Yeah, I take that back. This is the way to do it yeah. because you put the hard one first, so that one yep. is a race, and then you put the easy one second. Now it's even more of a race. Okay, I'm yep. with you. Good job, fans. Yep. 
I take Good back job, my, my knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, this was the best order for the spectators and maybe not the kindest to the athletes. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's heavy and it's hard. Now I have to go because I'm fresh. At the end, it's like, oh, it's so much volume. And my grip's blown up from the first one. This sucks. Like, yep, sucked for you guys. It was awesome for us. <laughs> Awesome. Well, and I love the way that they uh, that Dave made the snatch for the bicouplet one, eighty five and fifty five. Yes, guaranteed. Light. Yes, these athletes haven't done weight that light ever, except yes. for maybe when they're warming up or they had an injury to their shoulder. You know what I mean? Like that's the only time. So now when they first started cross flinging this thing around. Yeah, that was really flinging cool. it around. And Get, what are you going to do? Let go of it? You're not no. going to want to let go of that bar. 85 and 55, just a bar or not. No yeah. way. That was cool. That's that's the cool race. That was one of those where less is less is more, right? Less oh, is more yeah. intensity. I think we. Well, and you got to remember, there's only, there was only a minute turnaround between the two. Right. So there was still. I mean, there was all kinds of grip in this one. All kinds of grip. Oh. Gosh. And it was nasty. So it, your mind is saying as you go into buy a couple of one, don't be a pussy. Pick up the damn bar <laughs> right. and get it moving. And chest a bar, like, just go already. They're only pull-ups. But you just really did a lot yep. fast on the first element. You That one-minute rest is just enough for all that lactic acid just to kind of start to pull to those muscles. And you start to think about, like, Oh shit, my my grip really hurts. Now, <laughs> now I have to race the light stuff. But you're, you know, but your head's telling you don't be a yeah, baby. Yeah, Get yeah. Going, yeah. it's light. So that, that cool. I, I, it was a great the way that the fans picked it, I think played into this, this event way better than if it was the other way around. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So uh Willie George, he comes out and wins by couplet one. That was his first, is this first CrossFit Games and first CrossFit yeah. Games win? It was so funny. Yep. It's like a lot of the names that were showcased here, we already saw previously in December in Dubai. So th that was the fun thing about seeing, being at a lot of these off-season competitions is you start to see the new talent pool coming up and you start to see trends of athletes. And when you get to the games, like, watch out for this person. I know you haven't really heard of them. But, you know, for example, Laura Horvath, given yeah. the correct programming, well, I mean, everything but a handstand push-up, She's going to watch out for her because we saw her do the same thing um, in previous events. So Willie George yep. wins by couplet two. And Rasmus Anderson, of all people, <laughs> wins by couplet one. Yeah. And it might have been part of not fully throttling down on the first event. And that's the game you played, right? No, he totally did. Well, and that's what's so great on the men's side. So Willie George was first and second. Matt Fraser was second and fourth. Rasmus was 18th and first. Right. And then like Ben Smith, 23rd and then third. So you can you can see the game that's there for sure. Um, but I mean, where are you going to get those, you know, the the points as if you're able to, like, you know, Scott Panchik, fifth and sixth, or sixth and fifth. Right. So I, I that's what you hope to see. Right. You know, I mean, obviously, and they're both 100-point events. It isn't like, it isn't like, you know, okay, well, let me go easy on this. Or you shouldn't want to necessarily think because it's not a 50 point sort of thing. Right, it's it a full blown exactly, test. Exactly. You know? So, but I'm yeah, that's you. pretty interesting that he went from 18th to first and you wouldn't even pick Rasmus is a big boy. It's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't pick him to win a, a sprint couplet. 
type event like that, right. you know? Of light barbell and chest-to-bar pull-ups. You think you'd yeah. save that. So I, I thought it was a good strategy. Yeah. Because um, for me, I mean, if I was looking at that, it's like, okay, do I want to do more volume? No, but even if I sent it with bar muscle-ups and power snatches, I'm still going to get beat by, like, 12 other dudes. If I let them go, maybe I have a chance on the second round. So that was pretty cool yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, on the women's side, Camille LeBlanc Bazinet wins by couplet two, and Cara Saunders wins by couplet one. And that ends the Saturday as we come to the final day of competition of the 2018 CrossFit Games, and we start things off with two-stroke pull. And with this one, it was another endurance event. Yeah. It wasn't a long one. And uh, when when we will look at this when it's all said and done, um, I think if you just looked at it bl- not blindly, but just too soon, you'd be like, "This is a very endurancey cross the games." Like, well, let's yeah. revisit that when we we get to the end. But as of right now, it's like, yeah. So you got five rounds, three hundred. Was it three hundred? Three hundred meter run. Three hundred meter run. Twenty five, fifteen cows in the assault bike and a forty four sled pull, and it was a hand over hand to you. Was that the? Uh, uh, you just pulled it to you. Yeah, how'd they do that? Yeah, so they run hand it over out, hand. and then they they'd run out the rope. Yes, and then they'd pull it back to him. Yeah. Yes. Um. Good test. Exciting event. Exciting finish, especially on the women's side. Yeah. Yeah, it was and interesting is... to see how athletes attack the bike. Yeah. Because you could either you could make the time it takes you to get through those calories really short, relatively short. If you're a power athlete mm-hmm. or that could take a really long time. It's the same, you know, like if you kind of cruise on an assault bike, yeah, 20 calories or 15 calories, like you're looking at over a minute. Right. Or if you're right. one of those power athletes, they can really rev it up for like 10 seconds, like really hammer into it. Then you can get off that bike in 30 seconds because I mean you you know you yeah, get that 30, wattage up on that bike yeah. and really use that to your advantage. You can get off that. So there was a lot of time that could be made up um, on that, and I think that's that's really what we were seeing between Laura and and Katrin was that battle on that bike and who yes. who was using that to their to their advantage, you know, or who could because they were both kind of in, inching back and forth, <laughs> yeah, on on how they're on what their paces were, and, yeah, and it went. was. Back and really forth, back and watch. forth, back and forth the whole time. It was, that was really yeah. fun to watch. Um, what it was, is this the first time we've had repeating rounds of the assault bike? Uh, I can't remember a time where it's been different because most events that had the assault bike in it started with it. Yeah, it was kind of a buy in kind of a thing. Huh? It's, it's always been a bit of a buy in yeah. or, or kind of, um, or right there in the middle, just one time. We've we've never had an event, including regionals, where we had multiple rounds of the assault bike. I think this is the first time. I think you're right. Because you're right. we had the what is that overhead squat chipper in 2016? Uh-huh. Started with the assault bike. Um, the assault bike was in pedal to the metal, but it was just one time in the middle of one that. One time. Uh, the assault bike for the finale, I think, was it this 2017? Uh, it was the first part, but you did the assault bike, well, burpees over the box, the banger too. and then the assault bike the for the banger. So I want to say we've had four or five events that involve the assault bike, but this is the first time we've ever had one that had repeating rounds of the assault bike. 
Yeah. Which if you're if you're not good or familiar with it, and everybody should be by this time at the CrossFit Games, there's a massive difference in getting on there once and then getting on there again. <laughs> oh, dude. Like okay. Yeah. When you when you know you can just like kind of like you know pour it all into the one time like that's cool right? and like you get that you know the pain yeah, glad you, that's you're, over it's like you're it's easy <laughs> to accept that right when you have to come back to it again you start up and you're like oh shit here we go yep again yep um but i i really thought it was interesting because you could tell the if you look on the women's side the order of the top five six athletes like all of a sudden there are names in there that you wouldn't necessarily yeah i was just looking at that pick you know and it's like okay laura okay she's a power athlete i get that katrin sled dog i get it i wouldn't necessarily put e in there as like a second place finish right i mean she's strong and i like i get that um i know that she does a she this was the first year she started working with uh with ben mm -hmm. bergeron yes and i know that ben obviously does a lot of like assault bike work and knowing how to drive you know put that power into the grindy training so, gritty gritty grindy training oh man totally but then even like china like china's in there you know i know that i, I wouldn't pick her on an event like this she's got some amazing skills and she's an unbelievable athlete but right. i like this is a it's a gritty one yeah and some power like you need long, some power you know, it's, it's a it's a weird long event. yes it's a weird long event and it's not even that long yeah what well, 18 what are they doing 18 15, minutes, 15 minutes 15 minutes you know i mean it's long for so. crossfit standards but when you just saw the marathon row and the swim and the paddle it's like yeah this is <laughs> totally. just a, this is just a, 15 minutes is your classic time frame 10 to 15 minutes for a crossfit workout is about your average CrossFit workout totally. across the board in terms of your time frame. So that's right on the cusp of that. But you're right, China Cho, Ia Church. I'm not so that surprised by Ia. She seems more like a gritty athlete, not a skilled athlete. And you can see that by a lot of her finishes, especially towards the end. But right. China Cho didn't really see that. And and then below that, I'm not too surprised by who who finished it. But Laura Horvath's finish, her back and forth with uh, Katrin, it was I want to say. Laura got ahead on the run. Katrin would get ahead on the bike. And then Laura would get ahead on the pull. Yeah. Until the last round. And then Laura got to the bike and it was just like, later. Yeah. Later, dude. <laughs> and yeah. that was the first time I remember watching the stands with like Dave and Justin Berg. And <clears throat> we're like, okay. Because like this rookie isn't like this is someone special because you just went head to head with one of the best female crossfitters or arguably crossfitters of all time and broke her spirit and broke her yeah, yeah exactly she broke like katrin you saw it and you saw it in her body language like she i think when laura came she off the said bike, all right you know what i'm gonna let you go bye yeah i'm not i'm not racing you anymore which isn't a katrin I'm just gonna thing. hold my position katrin right yeah but i was saying like that's not a katrin thing to do but that's no, what it looked no, like. It looked like when all. Laura like, I mean, got to you the could bike, tell, like where they were pushing at the at the intensity level that yeah. they were pushing. Like that's you know, I mean, you always do that. Like when you're running with someone and you're racing with them, and you're like, <laughs> okay, I got you, I got you, I got you, and the first one to kind of go, Ugh. and you're like, ha. That's like when you smell the blood in the water. You know what I mean? And man, Laura did that, and it was was unbelievable yeah and that was a really interesting race to watch and it happened in a round because it was like catchers like four rounds of like i got you like you yep. can keep trying and in the fifth round you're like oh shit what happened 
Yeah, totally. Um, totally. So Laura wins that, and then gosh, this was this was the year of Lucas Hogberg. Oh, he did so great. He was well, always in like the top five. We're like, he'll fall off. He'll fall off. He'll fall off. He'll fall off. And then he comes out and wins the first event of the final day. Yeah. Dominates the first event of the final day, and you're like, uh oh. Yeah. yeah. Can he hold on? And after this, you're like maybe. But then you saw the next event, and you're like, maybe not. <laughs> because we go back to the Coliseum. We have two more events to go. We finish in the Coliseum for both events, and we have the handstand walk. And, Bill, you were talking earlier about the, the parallel handstand push. Like, you see all these videos of people doing deficit handstand push-ups, and I felt like this was the year of the Instagram handstand walk obstacle course challenge. Oh where gosh, I felt like totally. every other video I saw from these games athletes were like, look at this crazy-ass handstand walk thing I can do. I can walk over to the rig, put a med ball between my butt cheeks, and then keep going, and then I go up the ramp and down the ramp, and then I order some food through a drive-thru, and then I keep going back to the gym. You're like, what is this? It's like this yeah. weird obstacle course, and Dave's like, well, okay, y'all want to do one at the games? <laughs> and what he did was, oh, I forgot this started off with double unders. So the handstand walk race started with, how many double unders was it? Um, 50. 50, 50 but with a heavy ones. rope. Yeah. So 50 with a heavy rope, and then you went to like a coned Yeah, I had to, course. Had to slow on the pylon. You then had you to went back and forth. To a stair kind of up, stair down obstacle, and then the ramp up, ramp down obstacle, and then like a parallel bars yep. across and to the finish line. It was a, a really cool obstacle. And yeah. when you saw the parallel bars, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? And I think a lot of athletes said the same thing because when they got there, they're like, I don't know how to navigate this. Like Dave was like, yeah. yeah, we'll give you what you want, but I'm about to throw something at you. Classic Dave Castro that you and I've never seen anyone try yet. They've walked over, say, barbells like that were stacked. Like I'll walk over a barbell, but not... Two parallel bars strung across what six eight feet? Yeah, it was probably about eight feet or so. Um, and the bars, like there was a lot of flex. Oh yeah, bars. they were not like, like when, rock solid. Oh man! So like when they when the when they showed the fans what this was going to look like, um, and uh, oh, who did it? It was um. <sighs> The heck? Um, Are you talking about oh who my god, I'm blanking it? on his name right now. Travis. Huh? Travis. When Travis was doing it, that might be one he, of my rush moments. Oh really? Yeah. He got out there, and he started going across those parallel bars, and I was like, dude, those things are going. They're dropping like four to five inches uh -huh. on every single hand that he takes. So it's not like stiff solid where you feel good now you're it's almost like you're it's almost like you're tightrope walking you know almost like you're doing like a slack line you know who they asked to do that hand. first huh you know who they asked to demo that first uh -uh. me <laughs> <laughs> what did you say no chicken yeah i said no are you kidding me why not why wouldn't you try it now and that'll be you my even I'll, try I'll save that i'll save that oh my gosh no All right. come on um, I but I thought it was that'll be a rush moment for the next episode. What we have just done with this event, with this test, was as far as I'm concerned, we've maxed out yes the handstand. 
Right. We maxed it out. <laughs> We've done everything like, we possibly could to make this more challenging, and athletes still were like, whatever, until they got yeah. to the parallel bars. But that was, uh, I thought it was cool. A, a, a cool, different, showcasey event of high school gymnastics. Yeah, I, uh, I, part of me wants to say that it was just on the side borderline of for the test borderline yeah yeah i mean i it was fun to watch it was interesting to watch it tested it for sure and i mean we've done everything up to this point with handstand walk so you know i like i said i think that we've we've come to the end of the handstand walk which probably is why dave this year put in the handstand hold because like well what else are you gonna do um yeah that's a good point but uh like there's nothing else to test on this and i and i don't even i i honestly i don't even think that it's valid to even bring the test back to say all right well let's try it again and see how everyone's improved i just i don't think it's necessary i don't i think it was it was fun to watch and all that but i think it may have been i don't know like i know touched over the top i agree I was like, this is this is groundbreaking. I'm like, all right, this is a unique circus test. Yes. But you know, you <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's okay. I didn't hate it. I just like, okay, let's just not do that anymore. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we have come to the final event of the 2018 CrossFit Games. And, you know, we've had Fibonacci final was uh, last year's final, and then Dave comes back with a final that he calls Aeneas. And, you know, you go, we're like, all right, I guess I'll need to Google that name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a, 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 a Greek tale of this guy who, what is he, carried his father out of the ruins of Rome or something like that. Anyways, this dude carried another dude <laughs> way back in the day. And what Aeneas was was, um, I guess you'd call this a chipper. Yeah. Five and four pegboard ascents into 40 thrusters at 85 and 55 followed by a yoke carry but increasing weight every 33 feet the men was 425 565 and 665 and the women was 345 405 and 445 yeah and this was the first time where i was like is this too heavy <laughs> yeah i mean because you watch how some of the athletes were, were moving under that weight now the thrusters like that, didn't help prior to well, that that's what i thought was really interesting is like the the elements of this event are kind of all over the place you have your pegboard ascent and now you know the athletes are are doing touch and go off the ground like they're not even stopping they're right. touching their feet barely and going right back up the wall so they got the pegboards down got that 40 thrusters at 85 and 55. Not heavy. Nope. It's a it's a it's a it's a high number. So like all of a sudden that pace that you're doing in this particular segment is gonna set you up for the other stuff. But then it's like, okay, you go to the other stuff, it's not long, but no. it's heavy AF. A and that's F. what was so interesting because it was literally like three different events in like, one event. It's like you red light, a, green a light. Weird gymnastic. <laughs> You had a uh, Jackie style with the light thruster, 
Yes. And then you get into something that's just ungodly heavy. And awkward. Dude, on, on I mean, because like, legs. you know, the thrust, it'll, okay, it'll, it'll wake your legs up. I mean, you're definitely, there's, there's this a little bit of like, the, hello, This is also the last event of four days of competition. So you, yeah. it's not like you're exactly fresh. Yeah, you know, in the pegboard, you're going to be using your arms, you're going to be using your lats, you're going to be using your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so now you have to get under the weight and you need all of that to support. Yes. And walk. And, you know, it's not just about can you stand up with the yoke. There's every single step, even though it's a, a, a short amount of time, you're one legging yeah. that weight. Like you're on one leg with 665 pounds on your back. Yes. That's nuts. Well, I think also is for, for a yoke specifically, which is I still is different than a barbell is if yeah. say you walked with weight on a bar, the bar is thin and you can rest it on your traps and just hold for a yoke. And you just, you were just talking about this is that what the pegboards are really going to do is completely smoke your upper body pull and your arms. And then what the thrusters do is smoke your legs and smoke your upper body. Like, so your, your upper body actually after the pegboard and thrusters it's much more taxed than your legs are. Now, your legs are not exactly fresh going into the yoke here. But when you right. talk about a yoke, you, it's not just putting weight on your body and now it's a leg movement. No. The amount of strength you need in your upper body and shoulders to support yeah. and secure a yoke on your back, you need that upper body. It's not just resting on your shoulders. So I thought that was the, the beginning part was slow to start, fast in the middle, and slow to finish. But what the pegboard and thrusters secretly did to the yoke, everyone is looking at the wrong half of the body. Totally. 100%. 100%. And that's what was so interesting. Like you almost, when you think about this event, you almost forget the first two parts. Right. Like you don't like, you, it's almost like uh, amnesia. Like it didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. All I remember <laughs> is the yoke. Right. And I think that that's what's happening to where the athletes would get into it. And they're just, let me get through these pieces to get to the yoke and start moving without thinking about what do those pieces do to that whole race with mm -hmm. the yoke. I mean, you could, t you could see the, the speed wobbles that athletes are having as they're trying to really brace that spine, you know, it, it over engage the lats and the shoulders and being able to hold everything um, so rigid so that you can move. Right. And, you know, thank God. I mean, you're right. It's not really a leg thing because, I mean, you're, you're lifting the yoke up three inches off the ground. So it's not really like it's a, a leg thing other than the walking. You feel it. But there's so much support from the midline of this event. Like it's it's unreal. And like the if you've never picked up a heavy yoke, there's like a very weird electric feeling almost like an electric uh, electric shocks going through your body where you're see your central nervous system is firing because it, it has to recruit everything yes. to hold oh. that weight up. Oh, like to it to a it's crazy. Max level. It's really crazy yeah. to watch. I liked it. And to feel. I, no, really, I, thought, I, I thought the it. event was rad. It was it was cool. And I've I've actually I've I've always wanted to see an ascending weighted yoke finish. That's just well, something like weird. I've always wanted to see. I like the fact that we have a yoke and it's heavy. And it's well, legit I have a yoke heavy with like for the 225 pounds on yeah, it. Exactly. You know? For the first time, we've seen a yoke used for what the yoke is supposed to be used for. Yes. Um, yes. So I really enjoyed that. Um, what was fun to watch was Laura Horvath go toe to toe with Tia. 
Yep. Because at the time when we started this day, T had been bleeding points to her for the first two events of the day. Yeah. You know, Horvath gets first in two-stroke pull. Tia gets seven. Um, Horvath gets six in the handstand walk, and Tia gets tenth. And leading into it, you're like, if Tia, it, it was one of those events. Like, if you had a, if you screwed up on the pegboard, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could lose so many points. Like Tia was still well ahead of Laura, but her trajectory at the time, you know, we're like, could she, could, could she have another final event flub? Yeah. Right. Cause she, she's had it. She had it three years in a row. Well, maybe not three. I don't know what happened in 2015. Somehow she ended up in second and we're like, who the hell is this? Um, but in 2016, <laughs> she screwed up her, temp, her, her pacing with, uh, the pegboard. She messed that yeah. up. 2017, yeah. she screwed up at the end with the, the overhead lunges. Right. And so like she has the potential to yeah. do something disastrous. And with this event, it, it was it was possible. Now she ended up not doing it, but it was really cool to see Horvath not back down as a rookie. And, you know, I think that's where all the expectations really got laid at her feet afterwards that, you know, we haven't been able to see yet. But the on the flip side, I got I got to be on the floor for this. And watching Matt Fraser finish this event was the moment where I was like, he's the best. He's the best. Matt's the best of all time. Because, like, it was the, the, the most dominating individual performance ever at the CrossFit Games. Not even close. After he just did it. Yeah. But the way he finished that event and celebrated that event, I was like, this dude is just different. And, and being able to watch that firsthand, because he, I mean, the just raw, it wasn't like, I won. It was like, F all these MFers, they don't belong in my house. Like, get the hell off my competition. Like, he wasn't saying it. Well, he might have said a couple of those things. But just the way he finished that, after 14 events, and it was, it was almost like, what else do you got? What else do yeah. you have? Nothing. 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 And I was just like, wow. That was yeah. amazing. No, he... I think we were doing, me and Sean were doing an interview uh, for CBS or something like that. And, and the question was, um, what, what else is there for him? And right. I'm like, nothing. Right. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that he will do bad at. There isn't a chink in the armor there isn't a, well, he kind of needs to look at this or, you know, he could work on X, Y, and Z. There is nothing. And you're right. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't. And maybe he, maybe, I mean, you know, that was the end and, you know, he won and he won in dominating fashion and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Matt's good at really um, the, the raw happiness of, of his excitement when he, when he finishes is great because he always competes. It doesn't matter what the event is. doesn't matter what places and he's always competing. So it's, it's cool to see that, but you're right. I think that at that point, it was that, what else do you have? Nothing there. Yes. It doesn't matter what you pick. Pick something stupid and long like a marathon uh, marathon row. Pick something stupid. Like, hey, how about I just fall off this cargo net? I'll still, <laughs> I'll still crush right. everybody. Right. Oh, and, and he made the 665. It didn't even look heavy. No. 
And here's a guy who got out of lifting because of back issues. And like, I mean, he just still put the weight on, strapped up, went, boom, just handled it. It was, it was, it was unreal. Unreal to watch that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Just, uh, uh, yeah. But I really, as far as the way that the, it was programmed, the fact that it was a sl- it was short, but it was slow. Uh-huh. Man, dude, that brought up excitement almost more than if it was a fast finish to the end. Like I said, that building anticipation Every of the single moment. step, you're yes. cheering for people, and they'd be like wobbling, and boom, then the 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 yoke would go down, and then you'd watch them have to like get ready to pick it back up again, and they're racing. Someone else is starting to move, and oh man, was. That was that was a good finish. I really liked the finish. It was. That was that was great. Yeah. Okay, so Matt Fraser wins final event. Laura Horvath wins final event. And now we'll look at the the overall standings after four days and fourteen events of competition. So what we'll do is um actually let's go through the programming numbers first and then we'll yeah. go to the the nitty gritties. So programming-wise, uh, we've been following along with this programming analysis worksheet. We've been telling let you guys know what the events were, what type of events they had, type of movements. And we just chart the numbers so we can look at the numbers and just tell you guys what they are and then give our opinions on what they mean. And so we looked at um, modalities. You got gymnastics, weightlifting, and monostructural. Within the weightlifting side, they have three categories, light, medium, heavy. We usually look at those relative to the athletes taking the test, not relative to us talking about the test. Because <laughs> a certain deadlift weight might seem absurd to me, and you're like, what are you talking about? That's just warm-up weight. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's true. Context is everything. Um, then we look at time domains, heavy days, something south of five, five to 10 minutes, 11 to 20 minutes, and 20 minutes plus. We look at repetition volume, low, medium, high, schemes, singlets, couplets, triplets, chippers, and we look at the movements themselves, what type of gymnastics movements, what type of weightlifting movements, and what type of monostructural movements they had. So let's go through this. Overall, for the weekend, we had 10 gymnastics movements, 14 weightlifting movements, and 10 monostructural movements. Monostructural being double unders, running, swimming, biking, paddle boarding, and ski erging. Those are all what we, they would consider monostructural based off uh, CrossFit's definitions. For the weightlifting we had in terms of those categories, light, medium, heavy, we had four light, three medium, and seven heavy. Um, light being like thrusters, the, the power snatches, the moderate, maybe the heavier power snatches. Um, the heavy ones were more like the um, back squat, strict press, deadlift, the clean and jerk ladder, the drum carry, the odd object, the yoke carry. Those were all considered heavy weightlifting movements, which is just you moving external load. Uh, a high volume of, of monostructural. Ten. Yeah. That's a lot. And we, and we did. We had, we had a lot of events that were purely monostructural within them. Um, for the time domains, we had one that was just a heavy day. That was CrossFit total. I would say we had six that were about sub five. Now, when you look at ring muscle-ups, Handstand walks. Um, what was the other ones? I'm trying to look here. Oh, bicouplet one and two. I mean, those were sub five. Um, they were back-to-back events, so it's really hard to judge 
the Fibonacci final, the time cap was six minutes for crying out loud. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we had a lot of sub five minute endeavors, but they're also different styles of tests. Um, five to 10 minutes, we had three. We had one really within that 11 to 20 minute range. I thought that was different. Yeah. And then three 20 minutes plus. Uh, total volume of work, low is something south of 50 reps, medium 50 to 200, high is over 200. Good balance here. We actually had five low, four medium, and five high of the 14 oh, wow. events. Right? And so okay. I think that's a good indicator, too, of not just time domain um, only. Uh, the clean and jerk ladder was also a sub five, right? But that was a completely different test. Yeah. Um, so again, there's context to those numbers and we try to make sure we, we elicit that and explain that to you. schemes, four singles, three couplets, three triplets, four chippers. So a good balance right. across the board there too. Um, when you took it that we also look at the style of gymnastics. So like, oh, there's 10 It's like, yeah, what kind of 10? There was a lot of pulling this year. Um, Above all the other ones. The only pushings we really had were burpees, handstand push-ups, and you would consider a handstand walk a pressing movement. But you had pegboard, rope climb, chest-to-bar pull-up, bar muscle-up, ring muscle-up. Um, every obstacle almost on the, the O course. You had the cargo net. That's a pull. You had the rope traverse. That's a pull. Yep. Um, yep. You didn't have the wall thing. but So there, there was a higher volume of pulling, which I think when you look at maybe Laura Horvath's finish, that was a plus because if that was flip-flopped, if it was more pushing, you wouldn't have seen her there because Laura Horvath is notoriously actually a good pulling gymnastic athlete and a poor pushing gymnastic athlete. Yeah, you know, we always, we know for her that uh, the handstand push-ups have always been an issue. Mm -hmm. And it, it hurt her <laughs> in that um, Fibonacci event, but when you do... 14 events and not six. Well, it was it her doesn't worst hurt finish as much. and it was 17th. Everything else was under, she was in the top 10. Right, in and 17th every other event. is not bad. You're, you're the top half of yeah. your field out of 40. So yeah, she had a really good finish there. Um, so which those are the a, events. Which is amazing. I was, I was shocked on that. Yeah, so I, I think, so when we look at the programming, we I touched on the endurance events. So you had the... Uh, crit race, 20 plus minute bike event. You had the marathon row, three hour rowing monostructural event. You had the tri plus, which was a 30 to 40 minute endurance event. And then you had, I consider the two stroke pull basically an endurance event because it was running endurance, biking endurance, and upper body pulling endurance, if you want to think yeah. about the sled pull, right? Yeah. And so those are four different Jeez. monostructural events. Now, that's unique. That is different than we've ever had. I think that helped Lucas Hogberg a lot because yep. you'd be surprised how good he is at events like that. Go look at the Ruck yeah. Run from 2019, yeah. which we will next week. But yeah. um, what I was trying to say, the difference is, is that you had a 20-minute endurance race, a three-hour endurance race, a 35-minute to 40-minute endurance race, and then a 15-minute endurance race. So yes, there was a lot of monostructural test-only events. However, the events themselves were drastically different between the, the four of them. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I, even though we may talk 
pure energy systems right that they're that they're hanging out in that you know past the 10 minute realm and and, and i get that there's a big difference between rowing for three hours and then running biking running biking and pulling for five rounds where each of those you're kind of on and off on and off on and off there's that's still an element of uh i mean almost almost an interval setup on that like the two-stroke pool so I, I i see there even though there's a lot i see there being a difference um between those uh i, I it would it's very easy to throw them all into the same bucket right even though they really aren't the same bucket at all they, they aren't it's like single bike road bike race like okay that's right. different it's hard yeah. to account for anything single row yeah and then a triplet run swim paddleboard and then a run bike sled like drag yeah so they they were all so drastically different yet centered around the same monostructural test and that's what we wanted is like there are more monostructural tests than they've ever been these were the difference between them whether you guys think that's good or bad we'll let that up to you we just again we want to present the information as it comes to us Right, right. Um, I mean, even even with that two-throat pull, you could have pulled that out and taken one round off of it. Sure. And that would have that would have up even the, faster up the intensity. It would have been faster, would which would have put it down more into like the ten-minute range, you know, ten to twelve-minute range mm-hmm. rather than that fifteen-minute range. Right. But fifteen minutes so. over five rounds is, is still it's it was probably the most intense of the four. Oh, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like the crit race is twenty minutes, but they weren't blasting for twenty minutes. They were just sitting there no. riding together in this little Peloton pack, trying not to crash yeah. in the turns. It was only the last. Usually, it's like the last half of the last lap is yep. when the intensity cranks up. Yeah. Um, the row, just a suffer fest. <laughs> <laughs> Pick something that I don't yeah, die on. Exactly. All right. So that that is the the programming in a nutshell. Again, we we I would say there is a higher Emphasis on the high-skilled pulling gymnastics and a larger chunk of the long-distance monostructural tests. Those are the only things we see kind of pop off the page um, that need to be voiced and, and, and sent out. Now we look at your top three. After four days and 14 events, Matt Fraser sips on top of the leaderboard at 1,162 points. Second place, 942, over 200 points back. Pat Vellner. And then Lucas Hogberg ties Brent Fikowski at 886, but with his event win, he gets the nod and gets yeah. third place at the CrossFit Games. And that yeah. boy celebrated in the most Swedish way I've ever <laughs> seen, <laughs> which was fantastic. I was like, if that's what the Vikings were, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> On the uh, on the women's side, Tia Claire Toomey, she wins her second in a row, joins the elite company of Annie Thorosauter and Katrin Davis as the only two females to repeat. And she was 1,154 points. Laurel Horvath, 1,090 points, so 64 points back. And then Katrin Davis daughter gets third. Good bounce back year for Davis daughter. She gets 1,020 points, 70 points back from Laura. So 60 back 70 back that's the point system now this is the fourth year in a row another reason why we were hitting our stride and things were so in line because we haven't changed the scoring system since <laughs> 2015 now that doesn't mean the scoring system is perfect 
And what we do is we give the point system. They use the tier system. It was um, they drop by six points through third place, and then yeah, four points four. through tenth place, and then three points or two points below that. What is it? Uh, two after tenth place. Two after tenth place. Okay. Yeah. So we just went to the point system, but at the same time, we always look at what we consider the best overall example of how they finished against the field, not just against the field and the point system that was used. And we look at average event finish place. Last year, Matt Fraser's average was 4.2 or 4. No, it was 4. 4.4. 4.4. Yep. For, no, 4.07 last year. Oh, we're talking last year, 2019 last year. or 2018? 2000, well, it's 2018. Why would we look at 2019? Well, I don't we know. We just I'm did 2017. 2017 right now, and it says 4.429. No, no, I'm saying last year it was 4.7. This oh, year. Oh, copy. Got yeah, you. This year is 4.42. So, oh, no, he, he's slipping. He's slipping, guys. Point he's four. Losing <laughs> he's losing it. Um, and the difference is last year he won four events. This year he wins two. Second place, Pat Vellner, 9.1. Five. Point five placement difference between first and second. Most and then, dramatic finish of I've ever seen of anybody though. That dude, yes, sucked. Not he didn't suck. He he had the worst luck I've ever seen of any athlete putting himself in a hole. <laughs> Classic equipment Vellner. issues, falling off the thing, having to falling off the the cargo net, having to go into the hospital. Right. His Maybe not even knowing broke. if he's going to be able to finish, and then bounces back to second. Stud. Yeah, a very exciting Stud. finish to see, and that's what happens when you don't cut people. Yep. But that's one week away. <laughs> so Vellner's 9.143, and then Lucas Hoberg was 10.357. Now, we say he tied in points with Brent Fikowski, but he actually tied an average finishing place with Bjorkvin Carl Goodmanson. So Bjorkvin yep. Carl Goodmanson was 10.357 as well. And Brent Fakowski was 11. So Hoberg would have still tied for third, but his event win still would have given him third place. But BKG, based off this, would have been fourth, losing the tiebreaker, and Fakowski would have been fifth. There actually would have been all kinds of shuffling going on if we did average event. Yes. Placing. If you look, even in, I mean, all the way down to like Alex Anderson, it like it switches. Alex wouldn't be where he is. Ben would be further down. Cody would be a far, Willie George would be up higher than where he is, mm -hmm. uh, than where he finished. Cole Sager would drop down quite a bit. Yes. Like, there is a big shuffle. Yeah, based it's, it's, on it's wild. The, the average event finish. Cole went from side. like same thing on the women's, seven to eleventh or something like that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay. On the women's side, let me do this real quick. Tia Claire Toomey. We're talking about dominating. dominating. 4.6 is her average finishing place with two event wins. Laura Horvath, 6.35. Again, there was a 60-point difference between the two of them. There's a one-and-a-half event difference between the two of them with this, but she had three Three event wins. Yeah. And we said Katrin Davis' daughter got third, but with this scoring system, and if you do it based off average finishing place, she would have got fourth. She would have got fourth by a lot. 
So she got third by so I want to say 14 points over Cara Saunders, which is a very that's a very tight margin. But Cara Saunders averaging finishing place was 7.3. Catrins was 8.4. Cara had a full event better average than Catrin Davis Otter did, but lost to her by 14 points at the CrossFit Games. So Cara would have been based off this system, she would have been on the podium back to back years, and Catrin would have yep. missed back to back years. Um, Saunders had won one event, Cara won two. Uh, Annie's finishing place wouldn't have changes, and not much else would have changed. Some flip flops back and forth um, well, on the women's well, side. Brooke Wells was eighth. She would have been what sixth. Yeah, Fifth? one, two, Fifth, three, six. four, five. Carrie six. would have dropped down. Carrie dropped down. So, again, take that for what you want. We're just providing the information as it's given, but there would have been um, a podium change on the women's side. And just a first through fifth change, well, more that, but like Fikowski wouldn't have tied for right. third, but uh, BKG would have tied for third, yeah. but lost the tiebreaker to Hogberg. And that's, uh, in a nutshell, man, what a big year. That was a huge year. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the show year. for quite a while, but a huge year. Yeah. Just, uh, I think... The the playing field, we're like, now the athletes, like most of the athletes are, are like, they're like the tide is rising, right? The new blood in, you know, your Horvaths, your Barnharts are like, they're coming in, your Willie Georges and yeah. a lot of these new names are now getting back, like new blood in the CrossFit games, yet still at the top, T and Matt are getting better and better and better. It's, yeah. it's just and I just I just loved I mean I loved what the test was I I don't know if I would say it was the best test that we have that we've seen but I will say that I think it was one of the most creative yet appropriate tests that we've had I, I, I uh, agree with that you know even though when we went through all the list of what there was you know, and it looked like there was a lot of just long events, you know, a lot of the, the monostructural, a lot of the endurancey type things, they were set up different. And yeah. I think Dave did a, this was one of the funnest tests to watch. They were so fun to watch. I mean, they really were cool. You know, we always talk about how each when we when we program, it's like a little ball of clay that we kind yeah, of build. Yeah. And here's our little art project. Every single one of those events were so interesting, interestingly put together and designed for us to watch, but for the athletes to be tested appropriately. Yes. And, and that crossing of those two lines, I don't think has ever been put together better. You know, again, I, I don't think that I wouldn't say that this was the absolute best test we've ever had, but the way it was made it by far the yeah. most enjoyable. It was a great test, test to watch, to yes. see how it played out, to see how it worked. Um, I mean, these are events that that I would have loved to try all of them. Yes. I mean, I, I'm not going to be putting 665 pounds on my back on a yoke or anything like that. But the what they were, what they were, it was like, oh, dude, I want to do that one. Oh, yeah, that looks they just like look fun. fun. Let's race that one. Exactly. I want to do that one just to test, to test myself. 
I, I he did an amazing job. I this year was an incredible year. That's well put. Yeah. What uh, the? It's the best he's ever done, combining the spectator show and the quality of the programming, and not sacrificing one for the other. No. We're gonna say maybe all. maybe the best test we've seen sacrifice some of the spectator showy because I mean, it's it's really hard to do to balance both yeah. of them. Yeah. But he did it beautifully and this well, was he used such to not a great really year. care yeah yeah you know, it's like screw you guys in your tv you're on the t- get out of my way we have this test to do yeah I mean, that's what i mean like 2012 oh yeah 2011 like it was i remember battles between dave and tony budding because it was like tony trying to get certain things on tv and dave saying like get out of my way right we have we have a test to put it's on. like we have to go in five minutes to go screw your timetable yeah totally he didn't care but now like he the way he's able to craft that together, caring about what it looks like, caring about how what the the experience is for the athletes, uh-huh. caring about the validity of the test, caring about the data that he's getting, caring about making sure that this event is going to work so that the end the end product is correct. We find the fittest, yes, where they need to be. Like unreal job. I loved it. I loved everything awesome. about it, and obviously looking back, it means even more because that was basically the last year we were all together in the capacity yeah. of which we've been in for the last seven years. Yeah. So my memories of that are more fun because now I know that they were fleeting. Totally. Um, which we'll, we'll get into in our Mount Rush moments when we come back with a, a lot of our buddies that were in the trenches oh, yeah. with Don't us. Don't bring coffee for that one, fellas. New, new, new. Bring yourself an adult <laughs> beverage. Yes. Because we're going to have a few. We're going to have a few. So I had a great time with this year. I, I love this year. I think what, uh, what's what been funny is that most people, starting at least till 2014, have been going back and rewatching the documentaries after they listened to this. Well, there is no yeah. documentary for 2018. I know. So if you guys want to kind of relive that, I hope you guys listen to this. But uh, the footage is there. We know it was taken. It was just vaulted based off the old powers that be. I have a good feeling that we'll see it eventually um, in some capacity, whether it's a documentary or it's some type of uh, maybe docu-series. The more, the merrier, honestly, for me, because it was such a cool, fun. I hope they don't shortchange the coverage of what this was, and I hope to see it again. I truly, I don't know. I truly think we will. Um, I hope we do. I feel like... uh, I feel like the CrossFit community deserves it. <laughs> oh, man. Totally. After the last year and a half of uh, everything that's going on. But, man, 2018, great year all around. Love the programming, love the spectator, um, and just loved everything that went behind the scenes with this, which we'll touch on on our next episode. So, for me, 2018, if I had more than two thumbs for the full experience overall, I'd give that to you. But for the programming itself, quality two thumbs up. Great weekend, oh, man. Great totally. test. Yeah, I'm just. I'm not even going to say anything other than that. Like, I just agree. Two thumbs up. Solid year. Super good year. Yeah. Just uh, I miss that year. Yeah. Well, I miss it. We'll go down memory lane in our next episode. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't hey, wait. I'll see you tomorrow night, buddy. All right, man. Bring your drinks. Bring your drinks. <laughs>